Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 226 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Can you believe that? 226 episodes. How amazing is that? I'm so stoked to share this space with some really incredible, influential, dynamic people. And this episode today is all about you. I'm going to be answering some of the most popular ask me anything questions that I do on Instagram on Mondays and on Fridays. And you know, those little boxes can only hold so much. Am I right? They can only hold so much text. They can only hold so much emotion. And we are dynamic, you know, electric people that deserve dynamic and electric answers to your questions. So that is what I'm going to be doing today. The text boxes can only explain so much, very one dimensional. So let's add some spice, let's add a little energy, let's add a little context, and let's answer these questions that you take your time to ask so diligently and so religiously every week. And I I just want to say that I much appreciate your questions. Um, They really help not only yourself, you know, to build your own self-awareness, but they also help to help others, right? There could be others reading or watching uh, stories and maybe too afraid or don't know what to ask or how to ask or how to even articulate what they are feeling inside of them. So I wanna thank you for asking, for writing this down and for us to get into it and really get to the root and at the root is the heart is the heart of what is happening with these questions. And I think having an answer, a heart answer, a heart response to those heart questions 
is how we work through this, is how we grow and how we learn about ourselves and others. So that being said, I wanted to start off this show or this episode by saying you are not broken. There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing to fix. Only things to learn. And you know what? I think unlearn. I think we have been picking up some habits, some beliefs, you know, from society, from our parents, from the bully in 10th grade to who knows what. You know, we are little sponges. We pick up certain things here and there that maybe we need to let go of and unlearn and come back and relearn who we truly are and what makes us tick, what our needs and wants are, and how we can go about meeting them and getting them and fulfilling ourselves. Because you're not broken, you do not need to be fixed, you are whole on your own, and I think we just need to rearrange a few pieces so that everything fits just a little bit better, right? You have a little bit more room. It's a little more cushy. It flows a little bit better. It's not so sharp or sticky. So let's do that. No matter where you are in your life, you are not broken. We're just here to learn. And I think when we admit that we are here to learn, that we do not know everything, who wants to know everything? That, wow, that, you're not Googles. We're not Google, sister, right? We are here to learn. And that curiosity, that willing, it makes things so much funner and like easier. Can you imagine all the pressure that it takes and, and feels like to have to know everything and do everything perfectly because you know everything? Oi, that is exhausting. I am exhausted even just thinking about it. <laughs> so put it down. Let's put it down together, okay? And let's get into our first question. Question number one, how to deal with people who are unsupportive of your sobriety? Oof, this is a big one. And for me personally, my tolerance for unsupportive people in my life in general is slim to none. And I'm gonna tell you why. It's, life is hard enough, right? We have this inner voice, our inner saboteur, our inner critic, whatever you wanna call it, that girl is loud in there. And when we have unsupportive people outside of her, outside of your thoughts and feelings and emotions and that six inches between your ears that are just so loud sometimes, and when we have people who are almost mirroring that, right? Mirroring that, that uh, lack of support or maybe our biggest, deepest, darkest fears. It is so overwhelming and there is nothing more of a buzzkill 
then you trying to work on yourself and do something positive for yourself and doing all of that and at the same time feeling like you're running on sand almost or you're pushing this cart up a hill and that is what it was is like being around unsupportive people they make hard shit that much harder they make the good stuff suck somehow it is just not fun to be around and it's not fun for anyone right it's not fun for the person who's unsupportive because they you know they have things going on within them you know their their lack of support for you says so much more about them and where they are at in their life than it does about you Unfortunately, your choices and maybe your successes or your, your um, whatever you were experiencing in your life is triggering them. And that has nothing to do with you. We are all triggered. Being alive, being, you know, walking through the world can be triggering for anyone, right? Things are always changing. Stuff is always coming and going, you know. It's a very dynamic society. We have stuff going on all the time. That's that's what it's like to live in 2023. Welcome to the world. And if someone that is in your life is unsupportive, like I said, life is hard enough. It's hard enough to, to do life and not feel like you're also running on sand or quicksand, actually, for that matter. That's what it's like being around unsupportive people. So I I actually want to get into this a little bit deeper and why someone may be unsupportive. And this happens, I find this happens a lot with couples in romantic relationships. So, and I'm... Let me be clear. I'm not taking anyone's side in this. I'm just giving you two... Two sides of the coin, if you will. Um, Because like I said, don't take their unsupport, your unsupport, don't take their lack of support personally because it has so much more to do with them. Actually, it has 98% to do with them and how they are moving in the world and how they perceive the world than you. It is not personal. I can guarantee you that right now now right in this second but let me tell you why this might be coming up so specifically in couples in romantic relationships chances are drinking has been a way for you to bond to find connection either in early stages of your relationship how you met maybe you met at a bar maybe you met for drinks Maybe that was the lubrication you needed in your relationship to get close. You know, it's terrifying being in a romantic relationship. There's a lot of risk involved. There is a lot of risk. You're opening yourself up for heartbreak, essentially, is what being in a romantic relationship can feel like. It is extremely vulnerable And yet it's something that we all crave and want and need to an extent. So it's really tough. You know, it's like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Here you are 
you really want and need this beautiful, deep emotional connection, but getting to a deep emotional connection is really scary and a risk. And it can feel like you're losing control. And that's kind of like, that's just life, right? There's nothing we can, we can do about that. And, you know, to a degree, we have to lose control in order to fall in love because you're in a relationship with another person. And why would you ever want to control them? You only want to control them out of your own safety. And so you feel comfortable. And so do you see why maybe your partner is unsupportive of you changing your relationship with alcohol? Because this has been something they've used. It's been the easy button to connect. It is something you, maybe you both enjoyed in the past. It is something that has brought joy to your lives. It is something that gets you to that deep place so much quicker, right? I mean, essentially, it's numbing all your feelings and emotions. And so like maybe the hurts don't hurt that much, but also the joys don't joy that much. Um, so that is what I find with a lot of couples. That is the number one reason why they're not supportive because if you take that tool alcohol if you take that tool away how are we going to connect is what is in the forefront of your partner's mind they see it as a loss for them and their loss of connection to you they see it as a threat to the relationship you know, what if, what if my partner gets sober and maybe they don't like me as much anymore? That is a real fear. That is a reality for a lot of people. And again, I am not saying this to justify their lack of support for you at all, by any means. I'm just giving you a little context, a little perspective of how, you know, people in your life and this can apply to not just romantic relationships, actually. This can apply to friends. This happens with friends all the time. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to do if we don't drink? You know, how can I actually talk and be real or get vulnerable with someone that I really care about if I'm not drinking? Because it takes me a couple of drinks to even get to that point right? To even open up and be emotional and be in touch with my emotions, to be able to articulate what I may be feeling or what I'm not feeling. These are very real, valid fears that everyone has because change, of course, even if it's welcomed, it's scary because change is change. Change is uncomfortable but it's also very beautiful. And change can bring about some really incredible moments and really push your relationships to, to not have to press the easy button, right? They shine a lot of truth on your relationships, which was also a real hard pill to swallow, if we're being honest. You know, sometimes the truth really hurts. But the truth can also be very freeing. 
So getting back to the original question, how to deal with someone who is unsupportive of your sobriety? I mean, the long and short answer of this is wish them well. I would definitely take space from anyone who does not support me. I don't think that being supportive, a supportive person in someone's life isn't necessarily hard, but it is, for, it is hard for someone who maybe doesn't do the work on themselves or doesn't see what they need to work on or see that what's coming up for them is triggering to themselves right? Because we're all living our lives, doing our things. You know, I truly believe that no one is out to, to intentionally harm or hurt or be malicious to anyone by any means. We're all just trying to have our own needs met. And unfortunately, some of us go about that in really interesting ways, right? And I'm sure you can relate to this. We've done a lot of weird shit to keep ourselves comfortable, including drinking. Even when we don't want to, even when we know it's not the greatest for us, we still go back to it because it is comfortable. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. And it feels safe. My advice is to take space. Let's not do anything rash. We're not cutting anybody off. Take space for you. See what happens when you take space, when you remove yourself from the relationship and the situation. Work on yourself, focus on you and what you need. And that unsupportive person will either kind of work their way back in or they'll work their way out. Now, in relationships, I kind of have a different answer for this because most likely you see this person more often or you probably live together. I think in this circumstance... You don't really have a choice but to address it. And I think starting with yourself, addressing what you need from a partner is key. You know, being supportive doesn't mean that this person has to understand what's going on with you every second of the day. But being supportive means you respect them enough to let them do whatever they need to do to better their own lives, right? You don't need to understand, you don't need to know the ins and outs of it, but you certainly don't need to scoff or shit talk or roll your eyes at whatever is going on, right? I think that's that's pretty easy to do. 
And unfortunately, if your partner can't do that, or if they are doing those things that are really negative and make you feel really horrible about something that you're doing for yourself that is positive, it needs to be addressed. And I think it starts, again, with you, with what you need. And if that person can fulfill that, great. And if they can't, great. Then we have another level of that discussion to go through. And I guess all I have to ask you is, why would you want someone in your life who is not supportive, especially of sobriety, especially when you are trying to make positive changes and create positive habits for yourself? Why would you want or why are you attracted to someone like that? And why would you want them in your life? And the second part to that, and if you don't want that person in your life, and if you are like me and you have a zero, well, pretty damn near zero uh, tolerance for unsupportive people in your life, what would someone who has a zero tolerance or has a very strict boundary around unsupportive people, what would they do? What would that look like? How would they stand up for themselves? How would they assert themselves in this situation? What would you tell a friend? That is one of my favorite questions. You know, everything we have, everything that's happening to us or everything that we are going through, I think it's always interesting to reframe in, in the form of, okay, this is happening to me. I realize that my emotions may be getting the better of me and they may be clouding maybe a decision or an action that I, I should take here. What advice would I give a friend if they were going through this situation? What would you tell your friend if her partner or if a friend in her life was unsupportive of her sobriety? The answer... This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. We'll be very, very clear. So how are you going to treat that friend inside of you? All right, moving on to question number two. Now, this is a question I get all of the time, and it happens. How do you recover from 
a sip up. If you don't know what a sip up is, it is my version or my kind of way to word um, either relapse or you started drinking again. Now, I don't want to just fall into the comparison game right off the bat. I could easily say that everyone does it, it happens to all of us, but that is not really a productive thought because we're talking about you. I think it's really important to recognize that it happened, right? You are a human, it happens, these things happen. What did we learn from this experience? Remember what I said at the very beginning of this episode. We don't know everything. We are learning. We are taking this step by step, day by day. What did you learn about your experience? And what needs to change? Or what do you want to change? Is this something that you want to continue doing? And if you do, how is that going to make you feel? Is this the person that you want to continue being? Is this a habit that you want to create? I also want to say by answering these prompts, there are no wrong or right, good or bad answers. The most productive thing you can do with yourself is be honest. Please, please do not write down what you think you should write or what you think you should say or think you should be. I want you to be extremely honest and real with yourself. This is the time to do it. If you can't be honest and real with yourself, who can you be honest with? One of my favorite questions to ask is, What are you getting from this? I understand we all have habits that we like to break, thought patterns that we want to break, limiting beliefs, whatever you want to label them as. All of these patterns that we essentially want to change. But we we rarely, rarely ever ask ourselves, but what am I getting from this? Everything we do, we do for a reason. We don't just do it because, you know, we're living and breathing. I mean, yes, some of our, like most of our day is subconscious, but we've also built these habits because we get something from them. We are smart. (laughs) We do get something from the actions that we do. So I would like you to ask yourself, what do you get from alcohol? And this question is definitely not just going to be one or two things. It can be. But the reason why your relationship with alcohol is so strong is because alcohol most likely is checking a couple of boxes, not just one or two. And if you pay attention to those boxes, those boxes are quite emotional. This is an emotional bond or attachment or tie that you have to alcohol. And so unraveling that bond or that relationship or tie is going to take emotional work. 
This is why, you know, we can rattle off statistics and facts about alcohol and how bad it is for us and yada, yada, yada to the cows come home. We know it's bad for our heart. We know it's a carcinogenic. You know, I could throw percentages and statistics at you all damn day long. It doesn't work. It doesn't change anything. Because this relationship with alcohol isn't logical. It is emotional. And like I said, in order to counteract, in order to change, in order to go in there and break this bond, we need to figure out and we need to address this emotional issue with our emotions. We need to get in there and figure out what it is, what we were getting from it and how then to almost build a case against drinking. So these questions I know sound very simple, very easy, you know, could be very cut and dry, but they're not. These questions and these prompts and this work of changing your relationship with alcohol, changing this behavior, changing these patterns, these habits, it has legs. These stem from deep core beliefs, deep, you know, feelings of emotions, of an of inadequacy, in, you know, abandonment. We are trying to use outside sources to fill these inside voids. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. And maybe it's worked up until now, but times change. Our needs change. Our wants change. And that is the beauty of life and evolution. We are supposed to change. We are supposed to grow and we are supposed to evolve. And you can take this right now as your sign for growth, that you are meant to do something better, 
that you are meant to feel better about yourself and about your life. This is an opportunity. This is not a sad repercussion. This is opportunity and possibility beaten down your door, girl. So what are you getting from alcohol? After a sip up, I definitely like to go through what you have learned, what you are getting from alcohol, and then to bookend those questions is, what can I do or change in the future to prevent this from happening again? It is also very important to mention that when you're answering these questions, again, can we please stay in a place of curiosity? We are so hard on ourselves every day already that we definitely don't need to beat ourselves up again. Yes, maybe this is your first sip up or your 100th. It doesn't matter because from here on out, we are taking this as a learning, as a growth opportunity. We are taking this in as information. This is intel to then change and grow and step in to the woman that we know we are and we know that we deserve. You are being proactive. You are doing the work. Please be gentle with yourself. I know you've probably heard that many times, but you cannot hate yourself into change or you cannot fear or bully yourself into change. It doesn't work. If anything, that is going to create so much resentment and just straight up resistance. It is not good for you, for anyone, for your health. Nah, it doesn't work. I'm going to tell you right now, it does not serve us at all. So why don't we just take this as intel? Let's be a little gentler on ourselves and say, okay, we are putting on our big girl pants and we are moving through this. Today is a new day and we got this. You know, we might not have everything figured out. That is not the purpose of life. No one likes a know-it-all. Just, just a heads up. No one wants to be around someone who knows it all. I think we've all been around those people. It's not a good time. It's not fun. You don't need to put it down. You don't need to know everything. You don't need to do everything. You are not a bad person. You are not a broken person. We are a learning person. Alrighty, last but not least, our third question. How to go to events and social gatherings sober? This is my favorite. I love this because I'm a huge fan of structure. I know you might be saying, oh my God, structure, ew, gross. I get it. But structure works. Structure and preparation gives you so much freedom. And let me give you a little analogy as to why and how this works. I'm a huge tennis player. I love tennis. And I always used to get so annoyed and frustrated because in order to hit a really fantastic shot, you have to 
be mindful of your preparation. You have to turn, either if it's a backhand, a forehand, you need to prepare your body, your unit, as they call it, and get into position to then execute a solid, stable shot that is going to end up giving you a winner. A winner is something to win the point. And I apply this to life because it is true. The more you are prepared for situations that you are feeling maybe anxious about or, you know, feel a little um, overwhelmed, the better it is. It, it really, it, it is so true. I cannot stress this enough. Structure allows you to have that freedom in your life that you are craving, you know, to be that go with the flow, easygoing girl, which is so ironic that everyone wants to be that easygoing, go with the flow girl, but like everyone is stressed out about it. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So being prepared is your best friend because then it allows freedom in those spaces. So my favorite thing to do, especially when you're going to events kind of in early sobriety, actually it doesn't even matter what, where you are in your sobriety. I love to have a plan. I love to know when I'm going to show up to the event. I love to know what my intention is for this event. You know, before our intentions were to go out and get wasted. And I think uh, mission accomplished for most of us, right? But it's a bit different when you're going to a social event when that is not your mission, right? So what is your intention when you're going to this event? Is it to meet new people? Is it to show support for a friend? Is it to meet and catch up with old friends? What is the intention behind going to this event? The first thing I do when I get to the event is get something in my hands. It's always going to be awkward when people are drinking. And if you don't have something to drink as well, it's like, what do I do with my hands? Your hands start creeping up around your face. They go behind your back. Like, it's weird. It's very awkward. Get something in your hands, even if it's just water, sparkling water, sparkling water with a little lime or lemon, you know, mix it up. These days, it's really nice to see that a lot of venues or a lot of gatherings do have non-alcoholic options. And, you know, if you have the chance to bring your own, do it. Why not? You deserve something that feels inclusive and feels special and is nice to drink and enjoy yourself along at, at the event. We are allowed to enjoy ourselves. It's okay. You can enjoy yourself. So have something in your hand is always nice. Always, always needed. It's a necessity. Um, and that, that will definitely kind of throw off the question of, can I get you a drink? Uh, why aren't you drinking? Like, let's, Let's get something in your hands. You know, people ask that because they want to be attentive. They want to make sure that you are taken care of. It's not necessarily to pressure you into drinking, 
or maybe sometimes it is because people want you to be on their level. I can't speak for everyone, but it's because people genuinely want you to enjoy yourself. And unfortunately in our society to this point, enjoying yourselves has included alcohol. Having something in your hand also triggers that muscle memory, right? We, we, all of a sudden we are able to talk or converse with others a little bit easier because it's familiar. We have something in our hand that might have been reminiscent of something we used to drink in the later years. So it's always nice to have something in your hands, keeping your hands occupied. Uh, third of all, I need to have a plan. I need to know when we're getting there and when we are leaving. I personally do not like to be around drunk people. It's just not a vibe. It's not my thing. Um, I, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I just, you know, it, it gets on my nerves. Drunk people definitely get on my nerves. And I think that's kind of for everyone. It's, it's, it's too much of a gap between someone who's sober and someone who is like blatantly drunk. It's just, we're on different wavelengths. We're on different levels and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just doesn't feel the safest. It doesn't feel like a productive conversation. Um, you know, an hour or two, whatever, I'll, I'll let it slide, but it's not how I want to spend my evening. It's not how I want to engage with people um, on a regular basis. And I think that's totally fine. There's nothing, it's nothing personal against them. It's just what I'm looking for in connections. Again, when you set that intention, right? What is the intention of going to this event? You know, where there's drinking, people will probably be drunk or be on their way to getting drunk. And I think it's important to recognize that that's the reality of the situation. And maybe that might impact your choice to even go to the event at all. And that's okay too. Do you even want to subject yourself to that? Especially in early sobriety, like, is it even worth it to go back there right now? And it takes time. This doesn't have to be forever. This can be maybe just for this week or this month. But allow your yourself the space to heal. Allow yourself the time to actually process what is going on and what changes are you're going to have to adjust to. So maybe we're reaching that witching hour when maybe a couple of drinks are turning into a couple too many for certain people, or maybe you're tired, or maybe you have met your intention for that you set at the beginning of the event and you're ready to go. You are fulfilled. You have met your quota for small talk and it is time to exit the event. Go. Don't make any excuses. You are not missing out on anything. You need to take care of yourself. You know when it's time to leave the party. Listen. Listen to that, that gut feeling. Listen to the, that intuition, whatever you like to call it. Take yourself out of the situation and take your sexy ass sober girl self home. Because I'll tell you this. The more you stay past the time that you even want to be there, the grumpier you get 
And the more annoying these people get that are keeping drinking and keeping the party going, and it's just bad vibes for everyone. Take yourself out of the situation. Take your sexy ass sober girl home. You will be so proud that you did. You'll feel so good. You will leave on a high note, no pun intended. Um, And then you'll have that energy to spend on something that you actually want to delegate it to, that you want to maybe do the next day or the next morning. You are ready to roll. Have that plan in motion. So to recap, I really like to have the structure of when I'm getting there, what my intention is, grabbing a drink, having something in your hand that is tasty, either something that you've brought or something provided at the event, and know when to leave. I think we all know when when we should leave, but we hardly act on it because of that little thing called FOMO, the fear of missing out. I'm here to tell you, there is nothing to miss out. You are never, ever missing out when you are getting your shit together. I can promise you that. So having that structure in place is really nice, gives you a kind of roadmap to going to events. And like I said before, maybe this isn't the time to be going out. Maybe it doesn't feel good. And that is okay. Your job is to take care of you. And also, if you are looking for something a little more concise, a little more precise to get this uh, structure for going out in, in place, in our Sober Girl Social Club membership, we have a worksheet that is all about this, laying out your plan. It gives you prompts to what you learned about the evening, what could have gone better, what did work, what, you know, all this basically roadmap to attending or being social in your sobriety. So as you can tell from these questions and mostly from the answers, This all starts with your relationship to yourself. Changing your relationship to alcohol is an inside job. It starts with you. And girlfriend, we got your back. At any stage of your booze-free journey, we got you covered. Head to a sobergirlsguide.com and check out all of our resources from our Sober Girl Social Club, as I mentioned, to group coaching, to events. We definitely have a fantastic event coming up in LA in October the 8th. If you are in the LA area or want to take a trip to LA for our live podcast event, this is the time to do it. Get me out of your earbuds and come meet me and a fabulous panel of sober ladies who are talking about all things sobriety and everything in between. Um, This is a chance to take action and meet some other sober girls. Events are always a fantastic place to come solo or with some friends and meet other like-minded sober girls just like yourself. And let me specify, you don't have to be a full-on sober girl. You can be sober curious. We are open to all ranges, as as I've said before, I truly believe that sobriety is a spectrum. So if you're sober for this week or this month or for seven, 10 years, whatever your journey looks like, we welcome and we are open 
for everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. And of course, sharing is caring. If you know a friend or loved one who needs to hear something on this episode or of our other episodes, please make sure to share the episode along. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at A Sober Girls Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Bye.